Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan. Fried fam, you know how much I love keeping it real and sharing true, deep, and dark stories about life and burnout. You also know, if you've been around for a while, that I have never had a quote-unquote real job because I've been an entrepreneur since the day I finished school. And entrepreneurship can be lonely. That's why if you're an entrepreneur or a creative like me, I want you to listen to the Who Made You the Boss podcast with Lindsay Epperly. With deep dives into imposter syndrome, honesty about bank accounts and life drama, and stories about the fallacy of balancing it all, Lindsay and Who Made You the Boss make the world of entrepreneurship more real, more connected, and less lonely. I recommend starting with episode three, all about slowing down for more impact. You can thank me later. Hey, Fried fans, are you ready to beat burnout for good? I want you to join our newsletter for top tips, resources, and, as per usual, a touch of humor delivered straight to your inbox. Plus, when you do that, you'll get our core values exercise, which is your secret weapon to kickstart your burnout recovery and then keep it away long term. Don't wait. Head to bit.ly forward slash core values freebie and start feeling better today. That link will also be in the show notes. You're listening to season six of Fried, the burnout podcast with your host, Kate Donovan. Fried exists to hashtag end burnout culture to help listeners release any shame, blame, guilt, or judgment that you have about burning out and to create spontaneous moments of healing through recognition of shared humanity with other people who have experienced burnout and lived to tell the tale. Fried and its associated Facebook group are free resources provided for you from our hearts. Our paid work includes keynote speaking and one-on-one coaching. You can find information about that at katedonovan.com. And now, here is this week's Healing Packed episode. Hello, Fried fam. We have a very, very, very special, as per usual, day today, week this week, I get to talk to Sarah Vosen, my fellow fried guide coach, fried guide burnout recovery coach. There's too many words in that. We've got to make it so that everyone knows what a fried guide is so I can just say those two words and then move on. And the reason that we are getting together today is because we have a, or Sarah has a group coaching coming up starting in June. And we want to give you a little bit more of a teaser than you've gotten in the past. Now, Sarah has been spending a lot of really interesting and like intense time figuring out how she views how you resource yourself during burnout recovery. And she's come up with this process and this worksheet that she's using in her group coaching programs that is literally blowing my mind. Every time I see it, I'm like, yes to all the things. So I'm going to have Sarah sort of run you through how she's thinking about what it means to be resourced, to have capacity, to be fueled. How do you fuel yourself so that you can get a little bit of a taste of what it might be like to be in the group coaching program? Sarah, are you cool with that? Yeah. 
Let's do it. So my question to start off is, how are you, what does resourcing mean? Let's start with that. Well, first of all, let's define what a resource is so we can know what resourcing means. Um, I've been thinking about our resources as humans as the things that we have to utilize in order to do life. So, right, we need time, we need money, we need physical energy, we need emotional resiliency, we need spiritual fulfillment, connection, and mental energy, mental capacity. So I'm thinking about those things and community. Let's not forget about community and family, kind of whatever combination of that um, works best for you. So those I consider are resources. And so resourcing, it'd be like how we choose to use those resources to our advantage or our disadvantage. And when we're in burnout, whether we consciously, and usually we don't consciously do it, we tend to resource unwisely or in a way that leaves us completely empty and depleted of our resources. And that doesn't feel good. All right. When you say we resource, so some, I mean, people that are listening, a lot of people have been around fried for a long time. And some people are like, I just found this podcast yesterday. What the hell are you talking about? I know you just explained a little bit, but why are, why are you choosing that word in particular? What is it about that word that like hits your body in a way that makes you say, I need to describe it in this way for people because if I don't, then they're not understanding? It's a good question. Um, I think it's because I am, I have been studying and I've been practicing my relationship with nature for many years now. And Chinese medicine, especially five element theory is rooted in nature, how our bodies are microcosms of the natural world around us, the macrocosm. And so, you know, even when we're not talking about Chinese medicine, we talk about nature and, you know, the resources that come from nature, right? We talk about it a little different, like trees are a resource and oil or coal is a resource and water is a resource and things like that. Um, so I think that's why that word came forward for me. So one of the things that hit me when I, like when you started really developing this worksheet, you know, you sent it to me and then I said a couple things and you did it again. And then you sent it back to me a few weeks later and you're like, I have more, I have more. And it just kept developing sort of like its own little monster. And one of the things that I think that is critical to say here is during burnout, you're exploiting your resources the same way we're exploiting the resources of the earth. And this worksheet is to help you use your resources sustainably within your life. Is that a proper summation? Right. That is our end goal. And we look at it using a tree as a metaphor for our body. Because that visual, I think, is something that really helps us kind of get the data from our life out onto paper and see it. And we see it as a tree which we see with our eyes all the time. And so when we look at it in that way, it can be really helpful. So the roots. Back up. Yeah. Start start with this and go really, really slow because while people are listening right now, they're going to have to imagine 
the visioning of it, right? They don't have this paper in front of them. So while you're doing it in a class, people have this worksheet because you send it to them and, and they can start filling it out. But they're not here right now. So they're like, wait, what What kind of tree am I picturing? Is it an oak? Is it a pine? What's happening here? Is it a palm tree? I don't know what's going on. So <laughs> let's go. Let's go really, really slow and describe it so that people understand exactly what you're saying. What I'm imagining is a tree with leaves. So like a deciduous tree, right? And this is a, I'm going to go with a mature, a mature tree, right? It's got a pretty good sized trunk. It's got a lot of branches. Like when it's in full summer leaf bloom, like it provides a lot of shade. Okay. At optimal. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it became a thing in the last few years, or at least that's when it came to my attention. Those images of trees with their roots. It was sort of like, Hey, check it out. The root structure of a tree goes as deep and as wide as the branches go up and out. And look, it's like a mirror image above and below. And in order to have a stable tree that doesn't fall over in the wind, you got to have really good roots, right? That creates a nice stable foundation. And I'm thinking about um, as our, as humans, our resources are like our roots. Mm. You know, we don't have anything that really like physically, literally connects us to the earth, but we have energetic connections with the earth and we have our resources. Some are tangible, some are not right. Our physical energy isn't really tangible, but it produces tangible results. So imagine your tree and imagine your roots growing deep into the ground or like a tree. And then now imagine the branches going out, up and out. I think about all the things that we invest our resources in as those branches of the tree. So one branch, let's say, is the time that you spend doing things in your life. Another branch is how much physical energy you spend in the world. Another branch is the emotional. So kind of the opposite as the resources that you have coming in. Now we have to take note of which resources are going out and to where. And so we put each of those resources on a branch and then those are kind of the bigger branches. And then of course there's all those little branches off of the bigger branches. And so when we look at this for our own life, we can take a look at time and then we can write the major things we spend our time on. And we can look at what are the littler things that we spend our physical energy on and emotional energy and mental energy and all those things so that we know we're taking an inventory of what we're giving to, what we're investing in potentially, because hopefully what we're giving to is giving us something back. Hopefully it's refilling, refilling, refueling our resources and our roots, right? Trees do this a little different than humans, right? We, 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 we suck up, or rather the trees suck up water and nutrients through their roots and bring it into um, their structure and bring it up. And then with those resources, they create the leaves. Right. The leaves. But they also take in from the sun. The leaves take in energy from the sun. Right. Yeah. Right. So the roots, like we we take in, the trees take in, and then the leaves take in sunlight, right? Photosynthesis happened. That's more energy. And it brings it in. And so, like, there's a good return on investment for a tree. When you're getting what you need, (laughs) you're getting filled up from the bottom and the top. And hopefully you are as a human too. Right. We don't have we don't do photosynthesis, but hopefully the things that we invest our time in and spend our resources on are 
giving back to us or we are getting something from them, whether it's money, whether it's emotional and spiritual fulfillment or literal physical energy. In one way or another, we're hoping that we're getting something back from what we're giving to. And that's what creates a sustainable lifestyle. So we're aiming in the group program to help you collect kind of this data about your life and what's coming in and what's going out and hopefully create a sustainable daily, weekly lifestyle with these resources and expenditures in mind so that you create a sustainable life that is your burnout recovery plan. So this sounds like budgeting a little bit. I suppose one could imagine it in that way, <laughs> right? Like if the resources, if the roots of the tree are where you take in your resources and you have them all labeled, like I'm getting resources from this, I'm getting resources from that. It's all coming in. And then you have to budget those and use them wisely. And sometimes you budget things and it's a spend, but you get joy from it. And sometimes you budget things and you actual, you get an actual, actual return on investment, right? An actual ROI. So what I'm, imagining is like the roots scooping up all the goodness and then you sort of transforming it to becoming all the things that you want it to be. But you need to be able to recognize when you're over budget or -hmm. when you're under-resourced or when you're over-exploiting or whether there's... And one of the things that happened, I'll never forget this. This was a patient that I had in Prague and I left Prague in 2019, 18. 19, something like that. And so this was probably 2016. So we're talking a million years ago from now, what it feels like. And I had a patient who was trying to get pregnant and we went through a list of how many hours do you think you need in a day? Because I knew she was pushing it and she was not listening to me. So I was like, well, let's get this on paper. And I said, well, how many hours, what do you need to do every day? And we were writing down like make breakfast, eat breakfast, exercise, get to work, put in work hours, you know, cook and eat again in the afternoon, go pick up my mother and have a coffee, do whatever it happened to be, all the laundry and dishes and all the things. And by the time we finished her list, we were at 36 hours and we hadn't included sleep yet. For one day. (laughs) For one day. I said, you have 36 hours of things to do within 24 hours, and you have not budgeted any space for sleep. No wonder you never feel like you can catch up. No wonder. And that was the thing that she needed in order to start making some assessments about what can stay and what can go and what can be pushed to another day and what can. So when I was looking at your sheet the first time, the tree is sort of further down at the bottom because you start a little bit differently. You start by having people make this kind of assessment like I did with this patient in Prague, but not just about time. Right. Do I have that right? Right. Right. So we do a little inventory, kind of get real with ourselves, you know, like how fulfilled do we feel emotionally and spiritually? How much physical energy do we have at our most energetic time of day, you know, what's our bank account look like? What does our um, community support look like, feel like, you know, and we rate it just to kind of give it a number on a scale of one to 10 so that we can take that number and put it onto the tree 
Mm. <laughs> you know, and we color in. There's space to color in so that you get a really visual representation of what's full and what's empty when it comes to your resources and what you're giving to. But yeah, we we do an honest kind of data collection, little inventory, and then we use that to help us make better decisions. And not just about the individual things, like the reason we're doing this on the trees, because we need to look at it holistically. Yeah. Like you mentioned, right? Some things fill you up more emotionally or spiritually, and some things fill you up monetarily. And so you can't expect each thing that you're giving to, to have a return on investment in all the resource categories. It just might not. But when you take a few steps back and you look at the tree overall, as long as, you know, the things you're giving to fill you up in each of the categories kind of overall, then you're doing great. Right. But if you're only focused on money, let's say, and you're only doing things that make you money and you're ignoring all of your other resources, you're probably not going to feel the greatest. So we're, we're taking a holistic look. When you were doing this exercise for yourself, because I know that one of the things that I love about you most is that you never bring exercises to people before you are using them and practicing them on yourself. And that has been true for you since the day I met you 23 years ago, mm -hmm. 20 years ago. And when you did this exercise for yourself the first time, what did you notice and what were you able to shift because of it? Well, the interesting thing was, is I could see the difference immediately between how I'm doing things now and how I used to do things. Okay. Tell me more. I had an abundance of time as a resource when I did this sheet worksheet, but in the past I was that person who was trying to cram way too many things into 24 hours. And, you know, I just moved from Colorado to Minnesota, I'm starting my life over, right? So I was like, okay, you know, my financial resources could use a little boost because I haven't been working. I've been in transition. So, all right, I've got time, but I don't have money. So what do I want to do with my time? You know, it kind of just laid it out very clearly. And also I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing a pretty good job of balancing work and then rest. Maybe because it hit the reset button so hard and moving kind of really is a reset button that it was like, Oh, I have a, I have a clean slate. So I was looking at it a little differently than maybe someone would when they've got all the irons in the fire, all the balls are being juggled and you know, you're taking data from that place. I felt proud of myself actually when I did this mm. the first time, because I was like, wow, I really have made a lot of shifts. It's not just because I moved. It's because internally my priorities have shifted, right? Restoring my resources, giving in a way, giving to things that I get something back from have become a priority for me instead of just giving, 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 and, and then kind of blocking any re return, any, reception of anything because I just was like, oh, it feels good to give. <laughs> but I was exhausted. Yeah. Without giving away anybody's particular story or anything like that, are there any 
any things that you've seen sort of consistently happening in the group where people are noticing similar things or does it seem to be like really drastically different from person to person when after they're filling out their resource tree? Oh, no. Most people are, it's very clear to them that their tree would blow over in a even <laughs> semi-strong wind when they do this worksheet because they recognize that they're very low in resources you know, usually a few more than others. And like their branches are just heavy, right? They're like, they're just, their tree is just ready to go. <laughs> and is it a common factor that people are low in resources because those resources are not available or because they are like you were not receiving the resources, not paying attention to the fact that resources could be coming in, not actively looking like what's the, what's the resource problem? Fried fam, I tell you in nearly every episode that step one of your burnout recovery is blood work. And I know that a lot of you avoid it because it's a pain and because your doctor has told you that everything is quote unquote fine. And they refuse to test all the things that you think you need. What if I told you that you could test what you want, when you want, from your home with just a couple of drops of blood? Cyfox Health allows you to do just that. You can buy tests as one-offs or join a membership. Either way, you can test and track your results to help you make decisions about your burnout recovery journey. Get 10% off any membership, subscription, or one-time test kit right now. Go to cyfoxhealth.com forward slash fried for your discount. That's S-I-P-H-O-X health.com forward slash fried. This is where it varies a little bit, mm. right? From person to person. Um, oftentimes it does have to do with boundaries, back to boundaries again, mm. right? A lot of times it's internal boundaries, I think even more than external boundaries. So it's those tendencies to not acknowledge where you are and meet yourself where you're at and say, mm, well, maybe because you've never done the inventory, right? But, but being able to, so this, this exercise gives you, gives you or helps you be able to take a look at where you're at and make an honest decision based on your current resources, not where you hope your resources to be eventually or where they were in the past, but like in this moment. Do I have the physical energy to say yes to this thing that I know will be physically taxing to me? Yes or no. And the point being like, okay, it takes honesty, right? And, and, and the moment to, of time and space to be able to make that decision, but also the boundary to feel like you're worth it to say no to this thing, to maybe disappoint someone else in order to please yourself or even just take care of yourself, right? To honor your needs in that moment. And that's that kind of, you know, that's a combination of a few factors there, but it's those kinds of things that are getting in the way of people saying no to spending resources they really don't have. And I imagine that when it's 
so blatant like that when you're looking at it and you're like, oh, my tree only has two and a half roots, but 9,000 branches. It's going to blow over if a kid tries to make bubbles in the park. (laughs) How have you seen that shift people's ability to creating more of those internal boundaries? The visual just seems to strike people in a way that just kind of mulling over it in your head just doesn't quite, it doesn't land the same way. But seeing it outside of yourself, like, oh, shit, look at my tree. (laughs) My tree is not well. And it, I don't know if it's because like we, we trees are, we know they're natural living things and we, we like when they're thriving that like when we see a tree and it represents us and it's not thriving, it's just like, Ooh, ouch. Yeah. The thing that keeps popping into my head is this sentence that is one that I still have to pay really close attention to in my own staying away from burnout mode is but I should be able to, but I used to be able to. That's my, I just keep saying that over and over in my head as you're speaking, but I should be able to, but I used to be able to, but I should be able to, but I used to be able to. And I think that having that visual representation is like, oh, but I actually can't. Like recently somebody mentioned um, privately that they went to the doctor and realized they had a chronic illness. And so all of a sudden they were like, oh, I actually can't. This, is, this isn't something I should be able to push through. So I think this, it creates a sense of permission. Right. And even though people are, so speaking to that, right, validation through a clinical diagnosis right? People are coming into this awareness of being burnt out. You know, they're feeling validated because there's a whole podcast in with years of episodes and there's a group and there's other people in it that are feeling the same way. And that's validating. But yet there's still, this is the theme I'm seeing with people that join the group is that even though they're like admitting they're burnt out, they're accepting that, right? They're not in denial anymore. They're there. They're saying, I want it to change. And yet they're still not really giving themselves permission to have the needs that they have with this chronic illness. It is doing us a disservice to not have a diagnosis for burnout because in the minds of people that are burnt out, it still feels like kind of like illegitimate. It's like, well, you know, if there's not a diagnosis for it, then it must not be that bad. Right. And people want something in addition to burnout to feel validated, to take a break. Right. That's why people are, you know, wishing and dreaming of running off the road or getting hit and being able to take that break in the hospital or just have a few weeks off of work. People burnout is a valid reason to take a break, to shift some things in your life to meet your own needs and ask for help getting your needs met from other people, if that's what it takes, and to recover. It's important. Literally, your life depends on it. You don't need more than burnout. Amen. 
And I know that some of you out there are like, but the World Health Organization said burnout was a thing. It did say burnout was a thing, but it did not say, Sarah is 100% correct in saying that it is not quite yet a diagnosis. There is an ICD code for it, and it is considered an occupational phenomenon, which is not the same as a diagnosis. And they're saying currently still that burnout is only related to your work life. We know here at Fried that that is completely untrue. So, we are still, the, the definition of burnout is still evolving. We're still really working on it. And that shouldn't stop you from giving yourself the permission to heal. One of the things that came up for me when you were talking about that was this question that we always get asked in the group. This is the most common question. I have a couple of weeks off for recovery. What can I do to really maximize and optimize <laughs> my burnout recovery? Which is... <laughs> maximizing and optimizing is like not the energy we're going for here. But right. I did it too. So yeah. I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. No judgment. We all did it. And I think that there's an, this idea, I, I always have a hard time answering this question because I want you to be able to use the time well, but also Using the time well is probably probably looks a lot different than you think. And you said something on a podcast episode a little while ago, and you said rest is receiving. And I stopped in my tracks because I was like, holy shit. And I think that this tree metaphor, if you're looking and your roots are empty, then your first goal optimizing your burnout recovery if if i could even like allow you to use that word is figuring out how to resource yourself is receiving is get is is taking in is not doing things well this is why in this next group i'm actually going to start with this exercise like mm. we've often started with listening and you have to listen in order to take honest inventory of your life so we are still starting with listening but the thing that burnout recovery takes is time and space. You need some time and you need some space. And usually like in that life where all the balls are being juggled and you're just going, 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 there is no time and space for yourself to do anything. Rest, process, you know, take care of yourself, acknowledge your needs. Cause it takes, um, especially when you're fried, it takes, it just takes a little more time and space to even acknowledge that you have a body or notice that you have to pee or notice that you're thirsty or that you need to lay down because you're just barely hanging on and your eyes are like wanting to fall asleep, but you're pushing, pushing, pushing. And, and, and you need time and space to be able to go, oh shit, maybe I should just lay down for 11 minutes and do a yoga nidra. And that will like be the best reset ever. But if you don't even try that, with the time and space that you don't have, you don't know. So, you know, we've got this tree metaphor and the thing that we do with it, right? We look at, here's the inventory of my life. Here are what my resources, my roots look like. Here are what everything I'm giving to my branches look like. You know, is it balanced above and below? Likely no. But then we look at what branches need to be pruned. Mm. 
where can we make some time and space and what places can you stop giving your energy to because literally they're just sucking the life out of you and you're getting nothing from them. We all have those things and we did. I luckily don't have them anymore, but I did have those things in my life. So you get to identify and give yourself permission to chop, chop, <laughs> break off those branches because that's what creates the time and space for you to recover, to have a little awareness to give you time to rest, to allow you to take an exhale and then take a really good inhale, which is the kind of receiving that we're talking about. One of the things that comes up a lot on Friday is, you know, we, we talk about how the, the first step in burnout recovery is some type of life pruning. We call it life pruning in this world. And I was calling it life pruning for years. And then you were like, mm, we should use a tree to make that more clear. And yes, and like 100%, you're correct. And this is why for everybody out there who is doing things on their own, maybe there's people helping you here and there, but maybe there's not. And you think that if you can just knuckle down and create stuff and do the thing, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you can do it all on your own. And you can, I need to tell you that having a partner, makes the things that you create together better. Because there are ways that people will look at things that you just don't see because that's not how your eyes work. And I I have never understood that more than in the past year. That was really evident to me when I was writing my book and I sent it out to the editor and she sent me notes and I was like, oh, this is a million times better now. Right. But as we evolve these exercises and sort of play off of each other and learn things as you do more and more group work and I'm teaching fried guides and there's all this kind of background stuff happening that most people don't know about because we're back here talking about it in our own space. Please know that having other people to support you in your life and working with other people doesn't dilute your ideas. It makes you more resourced. It makes your ideas better. It makes their ideas better. Things come together and magic happens if you leave space for it. I have a hard time not being my own sole resource. Like hands up emoji, raising hand emoji high up in the air. That is a difficult thing for me to do. But then Sarah comes up with exercises like this and I'm looking at them. When I was looking at this exercise the first time, I went, holy shit, this is it. This is, this is it. This is how we do it in a way that will make sense in people's bodies, that it's not just information. This is a palpable, physical, visceral reaction when you look at this to saying, Absolutely. oh shit, I can't do it like that anymore. Well, and a lot of people, I'm hoping, have seen what happens in nature when you tr prune a tree or a bush or a plant, right? Yeah. When there's leaves on a plant that are a little bit yellow or they're just, you know, this clearly it's not getting exactly what it needs, but you remove those leaves and you give it a few resources, you water it, maybe you give it a little fertilizer, boom, that plant comes back with like... I want to say a vengeance, but that's not the right energy. It just thrives all of a sudden, right? It's just, it turns beautiful. It's like the perfect green buds and flowers start, you know, it's just like, wow. And this is what we're going to do for you. We're going to deadhead your life. 
your energy. We're going to prune off the branches. Like, right. It's like getting a fresh haircut. You never feel better. Filling up your gas tank in your car. Oh my God. How much faster does it go? Right. It's like (laughs) after a car wash, my car runs so much better after a car wash. So this is what we're doing for you, for your life in the group coaching program. I'm so excited. All right. So now I want you to do a quick intro. When is the next group coaching program? What's happening, et cetera. Okay. So we've just decided the next group coaching program is going to happen in the summer and it's going to start on June 21st. And I didn't look up when summer solstice is, but it's right around that time. So this is like, you know, peak summer sunlight days and it's my favorite time of the year. I don't know about you, but I love that time. So I am delighted to gather a group to get to do these things during that time. Um, yeah, we're going to do Wednesday mornings. Oh, Kate says that is summer solstice. Oh, I love this. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, cause I love nature and all the things. So So that means on summer solstice, on June 21st, a new group is going to be open, is going to be beginning. We will start signups for that group about two weeks beforehand. So that means somewhere in the beginning of June, we'll open the doors. Which will be about when this episode airs. Ish. Yeah. So um, we would love to have you. If you're feeling fried and like, you know, you need some help and you just are like, I don't know what to do and I can't do it. I don't, I'm too tired to do it. Joining up with the inertia of the group energy is a really great way to have some support and some reflection. Like you were saying um, a little bit earlier, sort of the, the magic of working with a partner. I mean, that happens in the group. Um, this group that we have going on right now in the spring course they are really utilizing each other, which is so great to see. Um, there's a lot of discussion on the in the Zoom meetings. They just are like, I love it. I love it so much. We're having such great conversations and they're really showing up for each other in the group. And I, I feel the, the synergy and the magic that you're talking about. So yeah, we're going to do Wednesdays at noon Eastern time. So it's not too early for the West Coasters and it still allows like people um, in Europe and maybe some other places to be able to join us too. So uh, that is hopefully a great time for y'all. Come join us. (laughs) So Wednesdays at noon Eastern, it's not every single week. There is a, there's a rhythm to this because it's burnout recovery. We don't really want you to be meeting every single week about it because doing things that are too intense are a bad idea. So the schedule will be available. We will be writing it down in all of the notes for this. Sarah has been um, typically offering a call. If you're not sure if you want in on this group program, get on the phone with Sarah beforehand and decide together if it's the right choice for you. If it's not the right choice, like please know that neither of us are here to sell you into something that is not going to help you change your life. We're not here for that. Not on one-on-one coaching, not on group coaching, none of it. If there's something else that you need, we're going to tell you that because that's how life works. 
That's that just seems fair and that matches with our integrity. And that's really important to know. So if you're not if you're if you know you need into this group, keep an eye out for the link to join and you can just join. You don't have to have a call ahead of time. But if you're like, eh, I'm not sure, I don't know what to do. Hop on a call with Sarah, ask her some questions, figure out together if it's the right move for you right now or not. Absolutely. I love those calls. And I would say like almost half the people that I've had calls with, it's not the right next step for them. And I'm honest with them about that because forcing transformation when you're not ready is like, you know, trying to, what's the, what's, I don't know, peel a fruit when it's not ready. You're just like, it's just awful. So trying to start a car with a dead battery. <laughs> yeah. Like just, I don't recommend it. And I, you know, I see no reason. I, I want you to, the whole point, one of the major points in the group is meet yourself where you're at. Learn to, like we mentioned that with the resources, meet yourself where you're at, give yourself what you need. If what you really need is something different than a group coaching program, and I have some insight about what that could be for you, I'm happy to share that with you and get you on your next right step. All right, Fried Fam, we cannot wait to fill up this group coaching program. It has been such a joy to create a resource that's in between the, all of the free resources that we offer and the one-on-one -on -one coaching so that more people can access help. We're really into that, and we can't wait to see who joins. We hope it's you. Thank you for being here this week, Sarah. Thank you for explaining this exercise. I think it's such an important one. And for everybody out there, in the meantime, whether you're going to join us for group coaching or you're just listening to get some inspiration or you just found us today randomly and you're like, what the hell is going on around here? What we want for you is to be a little gentler with yourself, to bring a little more kindness into your life, to grant yourself the grace that you would grant other people. And to remember that no matter what's happened to you, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, it can always improve. Always. And you are not alone in this process. We've got you. All right, Fred fam. Until next time. Bye. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more Got each other on our side Plus all the folks at Fried The Burnout Podcast With Kate Donovan Fried fam, you know how much I love keeping it real And sharing true, deep, and dark stories About life and burnout you also know, if you've been around for a while, that I have never had a quote-unquote real job because I've been an entrepreneur since the day I finished school. And entrepreneurship can be lonely. That's why if you're an entrepreneur or a creative like me, I want you to listen to the Who Made You the Boss podcast with Lindsay Epperly. With deep dives into imposter syndrome, honesty about bank accounts and life drama, and stories about the fallacy of balancing it all, Lindsay and Who Made You the Boss make the world of entrepreneurship more real, more connected, and less lonely. I recommend starting with episode three, all about slowing down for more impact. You can thank me later. 
Hey, fried fans, are you ready to beat burnout for good? I want you to join our newsletter for top tips, resources, and as per usual, a touch of humor delivered straight to your inbox. Plus, when you do that, you'll get our core values exercise, which is your secret weapon to kickstart your burnout recovery and then keep it away long term. Don't wait. Head to bit.ly forward slash core values freebie and start feeling better today. That link will also be in the show notes.